Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Investing with IBD sponsored by Marketsmith. Today is April 29th, 2020. I'm your host, Arusha Pierce, and with me today is Jeremy Caprone. He is the Director of Research at RoboGlobal. Thanks for being here, Jeremy. Thank you. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the current market, and then we're going to get more into robotics and AI. So we'll spend part of the first segment on robotics and AI, and then also uh, the entire second segment. We will end the episode with three current stocks. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the current market. And this market is, uh, once again, you know, it's a, it's a great teacher of how not to rely on what you expect. It's going to do the opposite of what you want. The market is in an uptrend, despite all the fears. Uh, leading stocks, a lot of these great growth stocks are in uptrends. They're starting to move higher. Now, remember, we're in earnings season, so there is uh, that huge variable out there. Make sure you know when your stocks are reporting earnings. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on this market? I think the market uh, reflects the nature of, uh, of this crisis that is uh, a temporary, uh, an, an external event that is uh, more like a natural catastrophe than a typical yeah. recession coming out of a period of excess. And the policy response has been by far, by far more uh, coordinated and stronger than, uh, than, than ever. So. You know, the, the monetary fiscal policy response is uh, probably in excess of 20% of global GDP. We've never seen anything <laughs> like that. And, and so we're not too surprised by the, uh, the strength of this rebound from the March uh, lows. And uh, on, on the pandemic side, uh, increasingly, you know, signs of stabilization are, um, are coming. We flattened the curve, as uh, the media likes to, uh, to say. And... Uh, at Robo, we're very encouraged by what we're seeing in uh, China. You know, it's coming out of the crisis uh, first. We have a lot of investments uh, around Asia. We're paying close attention to, to China and, uh, you know, industrial activities already recovered to 90% plus of uh, pre-crisis level. So again, I think we should trade this like a natural catastrophe more than uh, a typical recession. Oh, that, that, that's good news. Uh, and and to, to share with the listeners, yeah, even our our companies in China, from a, a larger O'Neill perspective, a lot of the our, our fellow employees over there are back to work in China. So that is uh, definitely uh, good news. Now, J Jeremy, yeah, you, you've been doing this for a while and you've seen a lot of stuff. Why don't you walk us through how you got into investing, how you became uh, an analyst and, and eventually the director of research at uh, Robo Global. Well, uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not from here. Uh, I was born in France where I studied engineering and, uh, and finance and I have a passion for investing that uh, took me to uh, Asia where I was a research analyst for uh, uh, nearly 10 years looking at Japan, China and the rest of Asia. And, I've always been interested in, uh, in technology and, uh, and in great companies. Uh, and, and so for much of my investment career, I've been uh, uh, looking at automation and uh, as a sell-side analyst, advising portfolio managers around the world uh, in, in terms of their investments in uh, robotics companies. Uh, so that was in Asia first, and then I, I moved to New York, uh, worked on Wall Street, 
uh, and expanding my expertise around all forms of automation, not just what's happening in uh, factories and uh, uh, the automation of manufacturing, but uh, all areas where automation has become a game changer. So think about logistics, think about uh, healthcare, the food and agriculture industries, and uh, even software and business process. And, and that's what led me to RoboGlobal. No, and, and that's perfect. I mean, you're, you're in the right place at the right time. And, and so talk a little bit about RoboGlobal because it was really interesting once I learned about the company and, and, and you guys have created this ETF really targeted towards this large trend uh, that's happening there. So talk, talk a little bit about the company and, and your goals there uh, as a firm. Uh, RoboGlobal is a uh, research and investment advisory company that is focused on what we believe to be the next technological revolution. And that is robotics, automation, and AI. Uh, about seven years ago, we, uh, we started the first robotics and automation uh, ETF, uh, ticker is RoboROBO. And uh, now we offer a range of uh, research-driven uh, equity portfolios that cover uh, AI uh, and also healthcare technologies. And today there's around uh, 2 billion US dollars uh, in AUM that's tracking uh, our indices and, uh, and strategies. And it's primarily in ETFs and mutual funds around the world. Uh, the, uh, the strategies are based on a research-driven selection of best-in-class companies uh, from around the world. And we combine that research approach with the discipline of uh, index investing and, uh, and, and, and you know, a strong ESG policy as well. Oh, wow. Uh, I think we're a little different from traditional investment managers in the sense that we're not just a group of uh, research analysts and portfolio managers, but we also are fortunate to work with uh, the industry experts that are uh, truly the, the who's who of the, the robotics and AI world, from uh, academics to uh, entrepreneurs uh, that, that help us steer our research efforts in the right direction. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that if, if you get to talk to the experts that are really changing the world. Uh, for, and, and so you'll get to understand what are the companies that are heavily involved in this and, and what are my, in, in a lot of times, what are the smaller companies that might be building one very specific thing that's critical to, to the whole process of uh, robotics and AI? Yes, uh, you're right that uh... There, uh, there are some very well-known uh, big companies that are at the forefront of this uh, technology revolution, but there is also a host of uh, small and mid-cap companies yeah. uh, that are uh, more narrowly focused on specific areas. And uh, our goal is to provide exposure to the entire value chain of robotics and AI. Uh, that means not only uh, the makers of uh, robotic systems for specific applications, but also the companies that make the core fundamental technologies that make those auto automated and autonomous systems possible. So think about uh, the sensing, uh, the computer vision, yeah. uh, about the, uh, the compute and uh, the machine intelligence, and then think about the actuation, which is how these systems interact with the physical world. So we look at companies in all of these different areas. And of course, 
the providers of uh, automation solutions for specific business problems. Uh, making a car, assembling an electronic device, um, a surgical robot, uh, automating a hospital, or uh, robotic you know, process automation for business applications. No, that's perfect. So let, let's talk about this larger and, and bigger picture that's going around uh, robotics and AI. And, and you know, just start us off from kind of the, the bird's eye view. And then, then you know, throughout the episode, we can drill down further and further. So a lot of this started off in, in manufacturing, right? Yes. Uh, robotics is nothing new. Uh, it started in 1960s. Oh, wow. The first robotic arm was deployed in a GM uh, plant, uh, uh, and, and, and that was in the 1960s. And for a long time, you know, robots were uh, confined to this particular application because uh, they were complicated machines. They were very expensive, uh, yeah. expensive and, and very hard to, to program. But in the past 10 years or so, we've come a really long way uh, in terms of some of those core enabling technologies that I mentioned before. The sensing has improved, the compute mm -hmm. power has improved. Now we have uh, data centers that can process information at lightning speed. We can deliver the information where we need it and when we need it. We, need it. we have robust communication networks and, and so on. And so we're starting to see robots come out of the factory floor and touch every sector of the economy. Uh, it, 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 I mentioned we have robots in hospitals helping surgeons uh, uh, with uh, uh, procedures. And, and, one, and one of those in the, the hospital and stuff, right, the surgery is the Da Vinci, right, by Intuitive Surgical. And that's, that's been around for, what, now 15, 15 plus years. 15 years. It took 15 years to now have about 5,000 of wow. those wow. Yeah. Uh, in the field. And now we have, you know, robots in our homes. Uh, we have vacuum cleaners, we yeah. have, uh, you know, uh, voice controlled assistants. Uh, and and I, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. You start looking into logistics uh, and how, you know, e-commerce uh, companies are able to uh, deliver goods to you uh, sometimes within hours. All that is uh, thanks to automation. Uh, we're seeing some good progress in the food and ag markets. Okay. Well, yeah. still in the early days. Yeah, um, and, and walk us through that a little bit because that's probably because I, I kind of see some, I've seen some videos on this, but it, that's something that most of us aren't necessarily aware of how robotics is affecting the whole food industry. It's uh, still early days. Okay. Uh, I, I like to say the most mature market to, uh, is manufacturing, and then in the past ten years, we've seen you know logistics automation really come to the fore and yeah. being spot. Uh, we think the next big sector that's going to be profoundly transformed is healthcare and, you know, food and ag is further down the road. So we're seeing oh, okay. uh, precision ag uh, applications. So uh, there's a really interesting company that was acquired by John Deere uh, a little over um, 18 months ago. That's called Brew River Systems. And they have a facial recognition type of computer vision system that you put on the back of a trailer and you go over the crops, and then you're able to analyze each plant uh, in terms of the level of hydration, the potential contamination by diseases, and, and, and so on. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's mind-boggling. You know, Blue River um, tells us that uh, 
we could be able to reduce the use of pesticides by a factor of 10 using that kind of precision technology. Wow, that, that is absolutely incredible. So let's take a quick break here, Jeremy. Uh, the, the market isn't an uptrend. And remember, we potentially could be starting a, a new bull market. But earnings season is, is it, we're in the midst of it. Make sure you know when your stocks are reporting earnings so you can at least make a decision what to do before earnings. So let's take that quick break. But when we return, we're going to continue this conversation and we will talk more about how robotics and AI is affecting healthcare. Stay tuned. I am here with Scott St. Clair. Scott's one of our senior product coaches at MarketSmith. Now, Scott, there are a ton of publicly traded stocks just on the U.S. I think it's over 5,000 stocks. Who has the time to go through all of these stocks and find the very best ones? Yeah, most people don't, right? So what you need is a tool like MarketSmith. We have decades of research on what makes a great winning stock. So we've done all the research for you. So we're going to try to highlight those specific stocks with those great data points. So if you're looking for that next great potential big winner, orange stock ideas button, you just click on it and you've got some of the main reports that we use, including the Growth 250. Yeah, and the Growth 250 is the first list that I go through on the weekends. Yeah, it's the most popular one, but there are others. There's the Breaking Out Today, Stocks Near a Pivot, and then the Blue Dot list, right, which is very popular. It's going to show you the stocks with the best relative strength. So we've done a lot of the work for you. What you have to do is review these lists. You're going to come up with some of the best ideas in that current market environment. Perfect. Marksmith saves you time and makes investment research that much easier. For more information, go to Investors.com slash podcast 2020. Jeremy Caprone is our guest on Investing with IBD, sponsored by Marketsmith. Okay, Jeremy, before we get into healthcare, let's first talk about kind of that larger investment opportunity that's going on with robotics and AI, because this is, we're really still early in this whole trend, right? I think so. Uh, we are in the very early days of a technological revolution, and uh, robotics and AI is not a niche, it's a set of uh, it's a set of technologies that can be uh, deployed in any market, any industry, and it's happening now. So I would like to compare that to prior technological revolutions, the most recent one being that of the internet and, and mobile yeah. over the past 20 years. And when you think about the uh, implications from an investor's perspective, well, the prior technological revolutions have created enormous amounts of wealth. And, and, and I think it's important to uh, keep in mind you know, you go back 20 years, 1997, the uh, internet accounted for 0% of the S&P 500. And fast forward 20 years and internet companies accounted for more than 10% of uh, the uh, US uh, equity market cap. So uh, I think we're gonna see something very similar with robotic and AI. And today, those companies account for less than 3% of the S&P 500 or the old country world index. So very early days, indeed. Oh, that, that's perfect. I mean, and, and it's really interesting. Sometimes it is hard to grasp how early you might be seeing something, uh, some of these technologies. And the internet is a perfect example because who would have ever thought, and a lot of times it is, the internet involved 
into mobile and now it's evolving into the cloud and all this kind of stuff. Um, so let's now go for the robotics AI and how it's applied into healthcare. Uh, because obviously that that's a, a, a huge topic on everyone's mind right now. And, and the more automation, the, the more robotics and AI that we can get involved in healthcare, the quicker we can resolve uh, a lot of these diseases that are happening. Yes. Uh, at Robo, we think that uh, after manufacturing and logistics, healthcare is the next big economic sector that's going to be profoundly transformed by these technologies. Uh, we're seeing the convergence of robotics, AI, and life sciences create tremendous opportunities uh, for patients, for doctors, and uh, for the uh, healthcare industry in, in general. In fact, healthcare is today one of the least digitized sectors of the economy. Right. And as a result, uh, we've seen uh, a conspicuous lack of productivity gains over the past decade. But we are clearly at an infection, uh, inflection point. Uh, if you think about it, we now have, uh, we talked about the Da Vinci robots, 5,000 of those helping surgeons uh, around the world uh, with nearly 1 million procedures a, a, a year. We have AI that can help uh, doctors enhance their diagnostics, AI reading medical imagery. Uh, or blood test results. Uh, we have uh, 3D printed implants. We have uh, miniature hot pumps that can be inserted through the femoral artery. Oh, wow. We, we have uh, wearable <laughs> sensors, card yeah. monitoring. We have glucose monitoring. Think about the iWatch and yep. uh, all that's opening up a, a whole new world of possibilities in terms of uh, monitoring the, the human body. Well, so, and let's stop there for one second, Jeremy, uh -huh. because what went, went with the glucose monitoring, that's a, that's a hot uh, topic and a, hot, a really, a, where, like you said, a lot of innovation going on. Uh, for the kind, kind of growth stocks that we look for, a number of those stocks are involved in that. You, you have um, Dexcom, Insulet, uh, uh, tandem diabetes. Those are the three stocks that keep coming on our radar. Tell us a little bit more uh, about what those companies are doing uh, in this uh, part of the field. Well, uh, diabetes is a huge problem worldwide uh, with millions of uh, uh, patients having to go through uh, a, an extremely complex uh, cycle of uh, measuring uh, glucose levels and then uh, uh, using insulin to uh, manage that. Uh, it's very difficult. It involves, you know, prickling your, your finger several times a day. It involves some mental calculations of how to adjust your, your glucose levels. And so that's a perfect example of uh, where tech can make a huge difference. And companies like Dexcom and Insulet and Abbott, you know, have, right. uh, have done really well in terms of bringing to market uh, devices that completely changed lifestyle of diabetes uh, patients. And here again, it's early days and you can see generation after generation, the products are becoming smaller and we yeah. are now very close to a point where we can have the full glucose insulin cycle uh, uh, automatically managed. And, uh, and so they don't have to, they no longer have to prick their finger. Do, do, do they have some kind of device attached in them somewhere to measure 
the the just the, the blood sugar at that point, and then they can read it on on the app. That's right. You're essentially wearing a patch okay. that includes a glucose monitor, and then in terms of the insulin delivery, we now see also miniature uh, a patch that 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 have a you know an insulin pump in it. Uh, and then you have the software side of that around yeah. the cycle management, and you, you start to see some really interesting developments uh, around that too with companies like Livongo yes. uh, coming up on the data side. Uh, so and that stock has been doing insanely well over the last couple of months. So, so they're, they're taking a lot of this healthcare data and, and organizing in a way that's easy to read. Is that, is that what they're doing? It's, it's just more the, the data management of it? Absolutely. It's the data management. And then uh, you know how consumers have become uh, very intimate with their uh, uh, mobile devices. Right. And, right. Uh, this, this is a great platform to uh, nudge people toward um, the right behavior to solve their healthcare problems. So it's not only about the data management, but it's also about uh, uh, introducing some behavioral incentives for patients to uh, take care of their, their health by, by themselves. Wow. Uh, that, that is very uh, powerful. But Irusha, this is only you know, one of uh, <laughs> nine uh, sectors that we've identified as uh, high growth and high earnings potential around healthcare technologies. Uh, you know, let's not forget about what's happening with genomics. Yes. Uh, that in itself is a revolution. Uh, we now have affordable gene uh, sequencing, which uh, opened the door to detecting diseases at much earlier stage than what we've been able to do before. Uh, and, and the big, the big leader in, in the genomic space, you know, identifying the DNA and all that, that's Illumina, right? Illumina is uh, the dominant force behind uh, bringing cost, bringing the, the cost of uh, genomic sequencing uh, down. They okay. uh, provide the sequencing uh, machines yes. uh, that, uh, that, that power all sorts of genomic approaches. Okay. Uh, this detection, uh, the, the precision medicine, personalized uh, treatments, there's a whole host of companies going after that as well. But you're right, Illumina is sort of the basic brick that enables that. Okay. Okay. So what, what are some of the other companies that, that are involved in the genomic space? I know, well, Garden Health came, came out public maybe last year, right? And they're doing like the liquid biopsy uh, yes. that not, maybe they're not in really in the genomic health, but that, that was one that kind of just popped in my head. But what are, what are some of the other genomic uh, younger companies that are coming and attacking this part of the, the chain? So on, on the uh, gene sequencing side, uh, you'll look at companies like Illumina, of course, but then uh, smaller ones like Pacific Bioscience, okay. uh, or you look at um, uh, Brooks Automation that acquired GeneWiz. So GeneWiz is now part of a public uh, company. And then around the early detection of diseases using uh, genomics, uh, you're looking at companies like Exact Sciences that have yeah. colon cancer uh, test that's uh, basically, um, you know, helps you get around the colonoscopy. So instead yeah. of, you know, waiting until your cancer is at stage two or three or, or worse, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, can, we can detect colon cancer 
a much earlier stage by uh, doing a genomic analysis of, of a, tool, a stool sample. Wow, wow. Very powerful. Uh, and, and, uh, and then on the precision medicine, uh, you have to think about the gene editing uh, technology and the so-called CRISPR stocks, yes. where you have uh, three public companies here um, in, in the U.S. That, that play around that. Okay, so that, that, that's, that, that, that was three right there, right? Was that three out of nine? What, what, what are some of the other, uh, what are some of the other fields that it's, it's being revolutionized here in healthcare? So we mentioned robotics. Yeah. Uh, robotics is interesting because even though Da Vinci uh, and uh, uh, the Da Vinci robots have been around for a long time now, we are only scratching the surface. You know, they are used primarily in uh, two types of operations. Uh, the prostate surgery and the uh, hysterectomy, uh, but the potential for uh, robotic surgery to be used in so many other types of procedures is enormous. Uh, we're starting to look at orthopedics, of course, uh, and uh, general surgery and, 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 and even bariatrics. So uh, the market can grow multiple times uh, from, uh, from here. The uh, data and analytics, I think, uh, is really interesting now that we're able to collect more patient data. Uh, we talked about the wearable sensors. That's one part of that. But you've, yeah. you've got the clinical trial data. Uh, all these data being organized, you can deploy AI and detect patterns that scientists so far had been unable to pick up. And that means we're able to accelerate drug development. Uh, and, and you've probably heard about what's going on with the, the fight against COVID right now, where uh, AI is used to uh, help uh, develop new drug or identify the drugs that are most likely to work against that, uh, that, that virus. We're looking at telehealth. Telehealth yep. has actually been the best performing uh, sector uh, over the past 12 months. We've seen uh, the likes of Teladoc in the US or Pingan, Good Doctor in, in China. Uh, the stocks have been very, very strong as uh, the pandemic has uh, uh, kickstarted the rush to use remote patient doctor visits. Right. Yeah, uh, it, it really is kind of uh, crazy that with, with this pandemic, all of a sudden it's almost accelerated all this larger catalyst that was already what was going to happen anyways, but with the teledoc, uh, the telemedicine, all of a sudden now that seems a lot more attractive than before. Uh, the electronic medical records, it never seemed. I mean, I, when I started out after college in '97, I I, I did glo uh, glaucoma medical research, and everything's on paper, and it's like they're never going to change. Now, now they have a reason to change. You know, it, it's. Uh, and so it really is interesting that you, you have this kind of outside uh, crisis that's happening that all of a sudden now everyone is starting to think that let's accelerate this revolution uh, so we're more protected and more prepared for, for the next time something comes around. Yes, I think uh, you're absolutely right. And the market is telling us that uh, indeed, uh, we're likely to see a uh, faster adoption of a number of, uh, of those technologies. Uh, if you look at the performance of uh, the Robo ETF or the HTEC ETF year to date, uh, it's outperformed again uh, global equities uh, like it has over the past three years and, and, and five years. So even in, in the sell-off, 
we, uh, we saw some, some outperformance. And I think that's because certain areas of uh, robotics and AI are clearly seeing a step up in adoption as a result of this crisis. Think about what's happening with e-commerce. E-commerce is under uh, a significant strain right now because yep. everybody's ordering all online. And, and so the demand for automation equipment around that uh, is, uh, is increasing. Uh, the grocery online retail uh, market, which had remained kind of slow to right. take off, is really taken off. Uh, and so we're seeing stocks like Ocado in the UK uh, doing really well. So that's the e-commerce logistics automation side. And obviously on the healthcare tech side, things like telehealth uh, are seeing a step up in adoption that we think is permanent. Yeah. Uh, once, once people get a taste for it, they, they don't want to you know, go back to the old way. No, that, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. So always keep an eye on large catalysts that could disrupt major industries. It can happen at any time, and so you always want to be, be prepared. Uh, coming up next, Jeremy and I are going to discuss a few ideas that are centered around the robotics and AI world. Stay tuned. I'm here with Scott St. Clair, and Scott is one of the senior product coaches at Margaret Smith. Now, Scott, we've both been doing this for a long time, and we know that investment research takes a lot of time. There are so many factors that you want to look into to try to figure out that whether this is a stock to buy or not. Quarterly earnings, huge sales growth. Hey, are institutions buying it? The list goes on and on. Yeah, it's a common question. I hear it all the time. I don't have time to, to do this work. So you don't have to spend that much time. If you have a tool like Marcus Smith, we do a lot of that work for you. Right there on the chart, earnings, sales, group strength, institutional sponsorship, like you just mentioned. Right. It's all there in the chart. So it allows you to make a decision much easier. Yeah, and the beauty is that we have in-house analysts that go through the SEC filings. They pull out those numbers, and they put it right on the markets chart. And all you have to do is analyze them. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having to go to the SEC website and look at the income statement, et cetera. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, and, and, and that would take hours and hours. And in that time, you can go through hundreds of stocks and find the best ones. So don't miss out on a big winner because you don't have enough time to research it. For more information, go to Investors.com slash podcast 2020. We are back with Jeremy Caprone on investing with IBD sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, Jeremy, let's talk about a few ideas uh, and that are of companies that are doing really well and well positioned in this large uh, robotics and AI trend. And the first one is uh, Cognex, ticker symbol CGNX. This is one that we're familiar with. They went on a great run a few years ago. Walk us through what they do and, and why it's uh, still an exciting idea to you. Uh, sure. So Cognex is a leader in computer vision. And computer vision is one of the fundamental enabling technologies for uh, automated systems that uh, we believe is the most promising from an investor's perspective. Okay. Uh, Computer vision, what, what is this? This is uh, giving machines the ability to see. And, and, and this is something that we as humans uh, take for granted, but it is astonishingly difficult to replicate in machines. So computer vision uh, gives uh, machines the ability to analyze and understand the content of digital images. 
And for decades, uh, this had been a uh, very difficult problem and applications were extremely limited and, and, and prohibitively expensive because we lacked the computer, uh, uh, the computing power. And, uh, and, and, and over the past decade, we've seen tremendous progress on that front. So today, uh, the companies like Cognex um, have grown a computer vision market that we estimate is around $10 billion. Wow. And this is primarily around uh, uh, factory automation applications where instead of having a uh, human worker do the inspection work, you're going to use a camera powered by computer vision. Uh, and so, so it's going through like a conveyor belt or something with a camera. It's analyzing the widget or whatever that's, that's going through to make sure there's no defects on it. Is, is, that, is that what Cognex is uh, providing there or? That's right. You can okay. do quality inspection, you can do measurements, gauging, uh, and increasingly uh, those, uh, uh, those computer vision systems are, are deployed not only in manufacturing, but, but also in logistics. So today Cognex serves uh, you know, the best companies around the world, the BMWs, uh, the Amazon, Apple, and, and, and so on. Yet the penetration rate of computer vision systems is still extremely low. And uh, we have uh, around the world uh, more than 350 million uh, manufacturing workers of which uh, more than 50 million do inspection work. And you can, you can see at the likes of Foxconn where the Apple devices are assembled, um, some, uh, some task uh, consists in, in simply observing a printed circuit board and making sure that the components are or there or in the right place or the right component. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing we, we can automate with uh, Cognex systems. And uh, the growth has been tremendous. The business is run extremely well. Uh, it's essentially a, a, a fast growing, high quality business. And, and why do you think that the, the adoption rate has not been quicker? Because Cognex went on a great run back 2016, 2017. Uh, for because they, they were a, a big time leader in this whole space. And then it, it's just kind of, you know, taking its time. But that penetration rate, that kind of surprised me that it hasn't continued to uh, accelerate. It was, is there a specific kind of reason for it? Or is it just, just adoption, just a natural kind of adoption level for any technology? So uh, I think Cognex is on a long-term structural growth trajectory where the adoption across a multitude of applications is going to increase year in, year out. Okay. But there's also an element of cyclicality to their business and also spurts of adoption. And that's exactly what happened in 2016, 2015, 16, when uh, suddenly, you know, uh, uh, the electronics uh, industry started uh, using that. And in yeah. addition, uh, the e-commerce sector that uh, started using uh, computer vision to read barcodes instead of laser uh, technology. So you had that big bump. The good news is that uh, we think Cognex is, uh, is, is at another inflection point as uh, they've, uh, uh, they've started uh, uh, commercializing some AI-powered okay. uh, vision systems that should... Uh, that should significantly expand the range of uh, potential quality inspection applications. So we're likely to see another spurt like this. Yeah, and they just reported earnings a couple of days ago. It looked like it had a really strong reaction 
to whatever they said on their conference call or their guidance. Uh, and so that, that was essentially probably what they were, that, that's what you were probably hearing, that they're at this a new inflection point to really take advantage of kind of the next leg up. I think so. So Cognex on, uh, so when you look at the, the Mark Smith chart for Cognex, it is setting up, it, it is starting to come back on the radar. It's definitely one you wanna take a look at and, and consider adding uh, to your watch list. So let's go to the second stock uh, that we're gonna talk about. And this is Zebra Technologies, uh, ticker symbol ZBRA. And Jeremy, uh, what do these guys do and uh, why, why do you like them? Zebra is the world leader in automatic identification and data capture. Uh, that sounds complicated, but it's not. It's basically tracking and tracing components or products or parts in supply chains. Oh, wow. So uh, think about barcodes. Uh, Zebra provides barcode readers, barcode printers, RFID, uh, and, uh, and, and, and some software that goes around it. So basically Zebra uh, provides some of the uh, critical tools to improve supply chain efficiency and logistics efficiency. Uh, and, and, and that's uh, over time been a great business. Uh, we think that the boom in e-commerce is going to continue to support demand for automation equipment coming from companies like Zebra. And yeah, and also uh, in, in this case, they reported earnings a few days ago, had, had a nice big jump. And, and so it seems like they, they are, are getting set up to, uh, to, to move higher. Uh, we've heard over the, the last few years about RFID, you know, how that's going to really revolutionize everything. Is that trend continuing to grow and grow? Or um, is, are, is, is there a new technology that's come out that's replacing that, the RFID? Uh, kind of uh, catalyst. Yes, RFID has been talked up for a long time yeah. and really hasn't grown into uh, as large a market as uh, uh, many researchers uh, thought it would be. And uh, the main constraint here is cost. And we're seeing that across uh, our investment portfolios. Uh, the, uh, the key question is when do you reach that cost level where uh, where demand really inflects. Right. And in the case of RFID, we're not quite there yet. The cost of an RFID tag, uh, you know, is, is, is still several cents. Okay. Uh, and Versus it, like a barcode is not how, yeah, how much is that a barcode? That is virtually free. Okay. Uh, and, and then the, the, on the data side, the software and data management capabilities around the, bar, the existing barcode infrastructure has progressed tremendously. Uh, and, and, and therefore, the advantage of uh, RFID has uh, not been uh, as significant. But it's, it, it is a growing market. Uh, it is an attractive market, and, and, and Zebra is on top of it. Okay, excellent. And, and so, yeah, Zebra, another one to, to keep an eye on. It's almost near new highs. It's only 5.9% off its 52-week high, and, and uh, just got earnings out of the way, too. So uh, another one to worth uh, considering added to your watch list. So, uh, the next stock that we have uh, that we're going to talk about is uh, Brooks Automation, BRKS. And uh, these guys are another one that went on a great run back in 2016 uh, and 2017. Uh, Jeremy, uh, what, what's so exciting about this company? Yes, and Irusha, bef before we talk about uh, this uh, third stock, I want, I want to make sure uh, I want to make sure it's, it's not confusing, but as investors, 
we recommend uh, to take exposure or to capitalize on, the, on these trends to use a basket of stocks rather than trying to bet on a handful of, uh, of, of companies. And th this is important because uh, there is enough uh, exposure available in public markets to build a diversified uh, portfolio of best-in-class companies. And that you know, significantly improves your risk return uh, uh, profile. And that's, that's what we try to achieve with uh, the Robo and um, HTEC ETFs. Now, of course, to build an index, you need great companies. Right, and, exactly. Uh, Brooks is, is certainly one of, uh, one of them. Brooks is based in the US and for many years, they've been a leader in automating the semiconductor, semiconductor manufacturing. Uh, with technologies around uh, um, uh, vacuum uh, and uh, uh, cryo, uh, extremely low temperature uh, okay. management. And that's been a great business because the semiconductor industry keeps growing and the complexity of chips increases and that makes uh, uh, automating the manufacturing increasingly complex. So they've surfed on that for many years. But interestingly, uh, a few years ago, uh, they started deploying the same uh, core technologies into a new market that is in the life science industry, where uh, the cryo uh, technology in particular uh, is uh, is interesting to, uh, in terms of the biosample management. So they've built uh, via acquisition and organic growth a tremendous business around biosample management, the storage, the retrieval, and the management of biosamples. And uh, the number of biosamples around the world is increasing exponentially because the nature of uh, uh, life science research is changing. We talked wow. about genomics. Yeah. Genomics involve enormous amounts of samples and they need to be managed automatically. So that's what Brooke does. And in addition, uh, about 18 months ago, they acquired a great business that is, that is called uh, GeneWiz that is based in New Jersey and that does genomic uh, analysis. Oh, interesting. So, uh, so with, the, with the cryogenics, they're, they're taking the tissue samples, things like that, com uh, completely freezing them so they can preserve them. And now they're just collecting this archive of, of, of data points and, and that they can go back and, and always kind of uh, research. So, so they're providing kind of the cap capability for all these life sciences companies. Yes, for life science companies, uh, biotech, uh, big and, and small, uh, research uh, at uh, pharmaceutical companies, but also hospitals and uh, the labs that need to uh, manage those samples. So it's, it's really interesting in terms of the diversity of the end market that, that they can serve within that. Yeah. Now, uh, as you were talking about this, especially when you were talking about Cognex with the, the imaging and, and, and things like that, it made me, uh, it, it made me think about... Uh, the one time when I was in Chicago, I got to go to, and this is about Amazon, Amazon Go, there those those uh, Amazon Go stores where there's no one there, there's no cashier or anything, but the cameras are watching you. It's all automated. You use a barcode to tell that, hey, I'm an Amazon Prime member, and it watches you, sees what you pick up, and then you walk out and it charges you. Is are you following any of the companies that uh, that uh, providing the technology for Amazon to create any of those kind of uh, storefronts there? Yes, and you can be assured that uh, the, the, uh, what, what the likes of Cognex or Zebra do is really enabling uh, the, this type of uh, fully automated uh, 
retail store. Uh, so the way Amazon Go stores work is that they'll use a combination of uh, machine vision uh-huh. uh, and uh, uh, geolocation indoor uh, to track the movement of uh, consumers and what they pick on the shelves. Uh, and that, that's, I think, is a great example of how the convergence of those various enable te- uh, enabling technologies can create something entirely new and very powerful. Yeah, no, it, it was... Uh... I don't know if you had a chance to experience that, but I felt weird walking out at the store without paying. Uh, And someone was just placing like napkins and stuff. There's one person in the store and I I told her goodbye. I was like, okay, I'm leaving now. (laughs) I feel weird walking out with a bottle of water. Um, It it, it is wild. And and that's kind of like that future thing that it's mind blowing, much like when you saw like the iPhone the first time. Right. It's like, how is this possible? It's, and so you always want to kind of keep an eye on these kind of larger concepts that, that are out there. Yes, so, I agree. I did experience that in New York. We've seen a, a number of Amazon Go stores pop up uh, in, uh, in recent months. Perfect. Perfect. So there are a few ideas that are worth considering to add to your watch list and definitely keep an eye out uh, and take a look at uh, Robo Global's ETFs because they're doing a great job at identifying some of these game changing companies and putting in a nice basket uh, for you to invest just in that basket. So thanks, Jeremy, for joining us today. Thank you very much. Next week, we will have Simon Erickson on the show. He is another great analyst and he is the founder of 7investing.com. So that's it for this week on Investing with IBD. I'm Arusha Pierce, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to Investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at Investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.